up, everybody? This is Josh McCabe here. Welcome to Overflow Beyond the Music, the podcast. So stoked to have you guys here. And that is Paranoia by 10th Avenue North. They have a new record called No Shame. It just, just came out. But I was lucky enough to be listening to it for the last couple of weeks. Really, really excited about it. And if you didn't get to hear our conversation with Mike Donahue of 10th Avenue North, make sure that you go back and listen to that. You're not going to regret taking the time to listen to that. And I feel like our interviews and our guests just keep getting better and better and bringing the heat every single time. So I'm so blessed that we've had such amazing guests on this podcast. Now, normally there would be a little bit of a preamble. I'd kind of fill you in a little bit of what's going on in my life, what I've been up to. But the conversation that I had with this week's guest was so good. And we honestly probably could have gone longer. I had to cut a lot of content out just to sort of make it to our general rule of length for the podcast. It was so insightful, so encouraging. And um, I actually found myself really being encouraged uh, through the journey of this guest that we have today. Today's guest on the podcast is Ben Christ. He was uh, the founding member of The Glorious Unseen, the lead singer of that band, and they were signed to Tooth and Nail BEC and released a couple records uh, probably around 2007-ish. And honestly, I'm so privileged to call Ben a friend, to know him, and uh, to have him part of my life. And so why don't we head on into the conversation that I had with Ben Christ of Glorious Unseen. Here it is. When all around is crashing down, I find myself alive in All right, so it is my pleasure to welcome onto the podcast uh, a good friend of mine, someone I've known for quite some time, and uh, to be honest, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I've seen him in a long time, but I still consider him a good friend, and uh, I'd like you guys to welcome Ben Christ to the podcast. What's going on, Ben? Yo, what's going on, man? Good to talk to you. Yeah, dude, it's been, it's been a while. It was nice to catch up with you a couple weeks ago on the phone and just, just chat about what's been going on in your life. Yeah, man, it's been... Uh, a lot of stuff has been going on, so it's been good to catch up and uh, also to hear about your story. So you've been doing yeah. some cool stuff too. So uh, it's been good, man. Well, it's it's funny because you know I when I think about Nashville and living there, I, I think about friends that I have there, and and you were probably the first friend I had in Nashville, to be honest, man. Dude, I was the original dude At, before before all those other people moved there. I was yeah. the original. <laughs> you were there before. You were there when people could still afford to buy houses there. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, yeah, dude. Back in like t- I moved there in two thousand, so that was when right. I was going to Belmont, and uh, yeah, it was, dude. I, check this out. I was renting, dude. It, for people that know about Nashville, um, I I was renting for like th- like I was running running a two bedroom apartment mm-hmm. for five hundred and fifty dollars a month on West oh, End. Goodness. On West wow. End, and then then I was renting for a three bedroom apartment for nine hundred dollars downtown. Jeez. Um, and then in and then I rented a four. Well, we made it into a four bedroom house, but uh, we basically rented a four bedroom house in German Village. Uh, actually, is it Germantown or German? Germantown. Yeah, yeah, Germantown. yeah, Germantown. <laughs> yeah, I rented a four. We rented a four bedroom there for uh, like nine hundred bucks. So we we're each paying two hundred and twenty five bucks a month, dude. It was amazing. That's, that's unbelievable. I 
I mean, you can't get a uh, a parking spot for that much anymore. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, I mean, that was that was a fun time, man. And like that was when we had church at Rocket Town, and you know, it yeah. was it was uh, it was. I mean, I always consider Nashville an exciting time. I, I know it's a in some respects a way more exciting time now, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. but I always I always thought it was awesome, man. Like uh, I was really I really loved it. Yeah, I mean, I. I Remember too, like, it's funny now because you guys had church at Rocket Town. Now there's another church at Rocket Town, um, yep. which is the church I go to, and uh, and I remember going to your church a couple times as well when I was there. Uh, but it was it was funny, like the way we kind of connected. I, I think like we played some show in Canada together, and I was in like this power pop band, <laughs> right? That yeah. Opened up for um, a bunch of hardcore dudes singing worship, and. Uh, and like we uh we just kind of connected and then I was in Nashville and uh I was playing drums for some other band at the time but I was just in and out of Nashville a lot and yep. I kind of found that like I didn't really I think well when you get off tour and a lot of the guys live in Nashville uh they don't really want to hang out with you <laughs> like <laughs> they want to hang out with like their buddies that they haven't seen for a while yeah and uh and their actual friends not their forced friends that you're in a band with right so, yeah like so yeah, you you and I used to hang out, and uh, I always appreciated that. What? Where did we hang out in Nashville? I can't. Do you remember? Um, I think um, I can't. You remember. introduced me to Red Door, uh, which is like a sweet little you know bar pub in in Nashville, and um, and it's it's kind of run into all sorts of different people there. And I remember we were hanging out one night after something, and we got there, and uh, you're like, "Oh, hey, Josh, meet my meet my buddy Jimmy," and it was Jimmy. Ryan of Haste Today, yeah, and I'm dude. like freaking out inside because I'm like I was like a kid, one of those hardcore kids, and I mean you you know like and if anyone listening to this kind of grew up in that hardcore scene, like hardcore fan kids can be super annoying, like <laughs> like obsessed with bands and like annoying as as heck, right? And, um, but I was like just so stoked to to meet jimmy and I, I thought he was like the coolest dude in the world so yeah he's a really nice guy yeah yeah and i i still have him on on facebook and just kind of yep. you know keep track on him every so often see what he's going doing but um yeah i mean it's the cool thing about nashville is that you run into all sorts of different people from all wakes of uh you know parts of life it could you could be out somewhere at an event and there's dudes from country and rock yep. and roll and um well actually funny enough i was out with a couple um buddies that were in town uh working on a country record and um we're at uh at at Red Door and um there was uh a man who walked by um with uh and I think it's I think it's public now so I can say it with with a country singer uh and it was your brother. Oh yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and so like I went to go like hey, a lot of people don't know that we're brothers, by the way. Yeah, so. and I'm gonna say that um your brother is John Christ. Yeah. The yeah. uh the comedian and there you uh, go. Uh, the YouTube video extraordinaire, and um, and so he was there uh, with with Lauren Elena, uh, who's a country artist and country singer, and um, it, people I thought it was really funny because Lauren's had like a ton of number one hits, was on American Idol, but the buzz was like, yo, it's that Christian funny guy because <laughs> he's more recon- he's more recognizable because of all those videos probably. I mean, I yeah, and also I think too like a blonde like a blonde girl at at. You know, out in Nashville is like very common. Your brother is like just he's he's kind of got a unique look. And right. He's taller yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. um and your and your sister Emma uh, works for him as well, and she's super sweet. And we've traded back a few Instagram messages. And um, oh, okay. but I think that 
right yeah, on. Yeah, I think that's I think it's rad to say that like whether it's your family or other people in the industry, everybody uh, has positive things and says, "Oh, Ben, Chris, I love that guy." And yeah, uh, that's and, cool, man. I appreciate. Yeah, and that. that's why you're on the podcast. And um, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about your journey because, like, you haven't released music in a, in a long time, and um, and you'd probably say it's about yourself and the journey of of when you were in Glorious Unseen and released a couple of records with with Tooth and Nail BEC. Um, that that Glorious Unseen was never, you know, like like a united or a jeremy camp or headlining festivals um but you you guys had a really um really core following and really and really did something that was was very different and i always appreciated that you guys had something to say yeah man well yeah i i I mean the glorious unseen came it came around really naturally um like when I was leading worship at the anchor, it, you know, that met at Rocket Town in Nashville. So mm-hmm. came about really naturally just with me, you know, writing some simple kind of introspective, moody, semi-worship songs, you know, um, and then ha- leading them in worship for a small group of indie rock, punk rock, hardcore kids, you know, in, yeah. in, uh, in, in Rocket Town's coffee shop. You know, so that was mm. that was kind of our church vibe. Um, and it, by the way, we were all sitting down our whole services. No, no one even stood up, dude. Wow, it, it was. <laughs> that's how introspective it was, dude. We didn't even stand up. We just we just all sat around. And um, was was it, there like what what was the thought behind behind that? Was was it a thought of uh, just going against the grain? Was it uh, was it a season that you felt like a lot of people in the church were in? Like you're talking about the sitting down part, yeah. Or? Just, just I mean, because that that could be misconstrued as you know, people people don't want to engage, don't want to get engaged. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it was kind of the season. That, first of all, none of those people liked church. That that was the whole hmm. thing. That nobody liked church. So it was kind of established as the anti-church thing, and right. so. I don't think at first we even thought about standing up because that felt corporate, you know. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like we're all going to get these chairs and sit around in a circle, and we, we were going to be we were going to have really authentic worship and prayer, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't going to be this corporate presentation. Um, now, eventually, we did stand up. I mean, that once it once it got to be, you know, there was seventy five or a hundred people coming in there. I I think eventually we did, but I. I can't remember when exactly that happened, um, but there was a, definitely a few years where it was just everybody sitting around, and uh, and it, honestly, a lot of people weren't even singing the songs. It was really just me, I think, at right. first, so it really wasn't a major corporate thing. Um, yeah, it, it, it was because it was the anti-church people, hmm. you know, which, you know, has its own things that come along with that, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> but like... Well, but, I mean that, that yeah. that's interesting to me because uh, I mean I want I want to sit there for a minute because I, I want that perspective of you know I've always I've always loved the church um, I think the church is is flawed we're all flawed uh, but I don't I don't think um, I guess I'll say this typically when I find movements to be anti church uh, they often begin to uh, I guess speak negatively about experiences that don't look like theirs. Right, yeah. So like if you're an, if you're if you're at the anchor, you think that whatever Hillsong does is stupid and corporate and brainwashing. Right. And and <laughs> exactly. that's the extreme. Yeah. But but like how do you respond to that? 
Well, I mean, that when, when we were 23 years old and we were all punk rockers, we, we didn't care what Hillsong, we, I mean, we didn't even, that wasn't even on the radar, you know? Like right. anything that Chris Tomlin or Crowder, your, uh, your passion, that wasn't even, like if you mentioned top 25 Christian worship songs, I had no idea what they were because right. I didn't care. And right. it wasn't really, you know, now I grew up in the Vineyard Church, so I, I, I kind of always liked Vineyard stuff. And then I really liked Delirious when they came along. I, I mean, oh, I, know, yeah, I know you know Martin Smith. Um, so I really liked Delirious. But anything else that was happening in that area, in that era of, you know, the year 2000 to, to 2005, 2007, mm-hmm. I didn't even like it. it I, I didn't care about it at all. So it, it was kind of just, you know, I, I, I just want to sing these introspective songs. We didn't do anything corporate, really. Um, I did a few old Vineyard songs, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, and, and eventually we started singing How He Loves, you know, after John right. Mark wrote that, I, I think. But that would have been 2007. That was kind of the first, I think, corporate thing that started to happen there. But then, but um, then you guys banned it once it hit Christian Radio with Crowder, right? It, right. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, we tried to beat, we tried to beat Crowder to it. It didn't work out. Uh, so yeah. we were three weeks late. So anyway, oh, man. <laughs> that's, a, you know, it's funny. I, um, and you'll have to go back and listen to it, but I had Kim Walker Smith on, uh, the podcast earlier this season and she talked about that song and how, uh, she actually begged them not to release it. Right. She begged who, who not to release it? Jesus Culture. Oh, she didn't want to release. Okay, she never wanted to release that song in public, like the original, like the. I mean, the John Mark version was out there, or like he had it, but but Kim Walker Smith kind of, you know, made it, you know, worldwide. Right. Yeah. Uh, but she she hated it. She thought she sounded so stupid on it, and <laughs> they released it on YouTube. Yeah. And she's like, "What's YouTube?" Yeah. You you never forget the YouTube video of John Mark singing that at the Call Nashville. In 2007. Yep. I mean, it's just unreal, dude. So, yeah. you know, those moments, it, you know, and he, when he wrote that song, I'm sure he, you know, he was not thinking uh, top 25 uh, Christian hit, well, for that matter, top five or maybe even number one at one point. Well, I'd, I'd put it probably in the in the top top 25 worship songs of the decade. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd say probably like, definitely. you know, it's, it's up there with like, how great is our God? Yeah, thing. that was just massive, man. And I'm sure when he was writing that, he, you know, he wasn't even thinking, you know, write a big worship song. He was just singing about right. his his buddy that I think was was killed in a car accident or something. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, I think what, what was interesting about that is that he he said things that were not typically said in the quote unquote worship setting, and I'm not sure he meant it to be a congregational song, right? Yeah. Um, which which I think you resonate with because you wrote a lot of songs that that don't necessarily feel congregational. Yep, yep. I mean, exactly. And I'm trying to with my newer songs. I'm trying to think more congregational because now you know after doing worship, after leading worship in churches for almost twenty years, you know, I've definitely mm. embraced the uh, congregational aspect of. Of worship, you know, when I was twenty, yeah. th- when I was twenty three or twenty two, I didn't really care about that. Um, but now, like as you look back at that season and sort of the mindsets and and some of the uh, feelings, attitudes, worldviews you had, what what introspect or, or what perspective do you have now that's different? 
Um, well, like we, we talked about the whole uh, lament, the, the whole introspective uh, lamenting yeah. part of worship. And uh, yeah. when I first write it, started writing those songs, I didn't think of them as worship songs. I was just kind of, I was just trying to be an emo dude or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so, so I wasn't even going to use those songs as worship songs um, until a guy from my church, I, I kind of got up the guts to sing Tonight the Stars Speak to, mm-hmm. to a buddy from church, just, you know, privately. And he said, man, that was incredible. And I was worshiping. So, and then he was like, you know that David did this in the Psalms. You know that mm-hmm. you know that a lot of the Psalms are are similar to that. And then then it yeah. kind of the light bulb came on for me, and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess that I guess this could be a legitimate uh, expression of worship. And so, you know, I kind of I got up the guts to sing it in in church. And uh, since we weren't doing any corporate songs, anyone, no one had to know necessarily that I wrote it. You know, because mm-hmm. nobody knew the songs we were doing anyway. Right. So, so anyway, so I, I started singing them, and and it was, and it connected, and uh, it really, I mean, it really did something special to our group, and uh, so you know, it br- it really brought people together. Um, you know, I think too, looking back, uh, I I think I think you know, and I don't say it offensively. I think you'd say the same thing that that Gloria Sunstein never really got the opportunity to be as as known or have as much reach as they could have. Uh, for the amount of talent that was in in your band, you guys were talented. It was it was raw. It was real. Yep. But I think I think now the church has changed and embraced a lot of lyrics like that. Even even looking at Hillsong United released that song that says, "Even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you." Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think you you are just ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, a lot of people have said that you know because it it was kind of the launching pad for. Um, for the Ember days and for Ascend right. the Hill and uh, some yeah. things that kind of came, you know, now you've a lot of Bethel stuff would sound like an early glorious unseen thing, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe not the maybe not the voice exactly, but the mu- musically, you know, a yeah. lot of it sounds that way. So, so it did. Yeah, it definitely paved the way for some things. Um, and and as you talk to like, if you ask the normal person in church and ask about glorious unseen. You know, it'd be people that you know are aware, but you ask a lot of mus- musicians. A lot of musicians go, "Oh yeah, oh yeah," like those guys. I, I loved that stuff, and you were a band that really, really inspired a lot of musicians. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I saw uh, Cody Carnes, um, Carrie Job's husband, a couple weeks yeah. ago at a, a I think a, one of this one of these music festivals in Ohio. Yeah, uh, and yeah, he he was a big Glorious Unseen fan, you know. So it so was, cool. It was cool to connect with him and kind of talk about uh, the journey of worship over the years, and you know, like David Whitworth, a drummer for Bethel. You know, he yeah. was, he was big Glorious Unseen guy, and so yeah, it did pave the way for a lot of stuff, and and I I'm really glad that it could. Um, I always I always want to I do want to write some songs that are you know that become bigger corporate songs i i uh yeah they have I, a bit have a bit more reach for, yeah yeah uh, for I, accessibility I, I would say that i would i still have that as a uh you know something i'm i'm working on you know yeah but uh but it, it, each era has its own thing you know i think that god i think that the way my the way my personal life was i i think i could have self-destructed in certain mm. ways if i would have gotten to a certain level, you know, 
Because it, it, tell it, me about that. Yeah, well, I mean, it takes a lot of character and a lot of uh, you know connection, intimate connection with God to really know who you are. And yeah. so, if you you know if you're 23 years old and you write a huge hit, uh, I mean, whether that's worship or just a contemporary Christian or in any you know if you you become a celebrity, you really and you're not grounded in who you actually are in in God. You could be in for some hard times because well, instant, instantly there's there's expectations and and instantly um you you've just put a you know the devil now has a target on your back and they he says okay new game plan well yeah uh, exactly we need to man. take down that guy yep exactly man so so what I mean, you're in a different place in life now I mean even just talking to you just you're in a, you're in a different season different um way of thinking different mindset um. And and I think that naturally the songs that would come out of your life today would be different than the ones that came out during that season, and and the different than the laments you were writing. But tell me why uh, you really wrote laments. Like, tell me why that. What was going on in your life personally? What were you going through that that really made lamenting part of the journey? Yeah, it was because I felt like I was. I just couldn't measure up to who God wanted me hmm. to be. I mean, that, that was wow. ultimately what it was, it, a, a sense of constant defeat and sort of uh, just never being good enough. And, and I know a lot of church kids deal with that. You know, they grow, yeah. they grow up in the church. They felt like they at a certain point in life, they kind of fell into some kind of sin issue, uh, whatever that was, and then they could never uh, get out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they constant then they walk forward in life and feel like God was mad at them, yeah. and, and for that matter, that their parents were mad at them, and their old pastor, and their youth pastor, and everybody, you know, everybody just mm-hmm. kind of felt like they were a failure, and yeah. so, uh, unfortunately, they lived through the rest of their life like that, and yeah. th- and then they, you know, then they become kind of jaded, and angry, and, you know, and so, th- that's kind of where I was at first, you know, mm. when I was d- just in college and kind of broken, dealing with, you know, personal addiction issues and just, mm-hmm. you know, not feeling like I was re- really connecting with God. And, you know, that, so I was just lamenting in my, in my, it was kind of like my journal, you know, yeah. like I was sitting in, I was sitting in my apartment, looking out the window, uh, looking at the stars and then, and then writing tonight, the stars speak of your infinite love. You know, right? So because that was real for you in that moment. That, that was real in that moment, and uh, you know, it it did have there was biblical basis for for my songs. I mean, they they were yeah. all they were all you know something that you could have seen King David write, you know, in right. in one of their. But uh, but yeah, I mean, but that's where I was, and I'm glad I didn't stay there forever. Although I do want to continue writing things that are personal and heartfelt. Uh, but I yeah. don't always want to be lamenting uh, because I, one thing that I I think I missed during that season is we didn't we didn't gaze and sing about the beauty of Jesus as much or really mm. or really much at all. We we right. we sang a, a lot about how could he come and fix me and come close to me and love me, which is amazing. I, I definitely mm-hmm. want to sing about that stuff, but. Uh, when it becomes more me focused, uh, then, then I'm continually looking at myself, which I can't change myself, you know? Yeah. And so I want to be looking at Jesus and getting changed by who he is and what he's done. 
And so that's what, it, I mean, like Brian Johnson and uh, the, the song Living Hope, uh, is, yeah. that, is that Brian and Phil Wickham, I think? Yeah. The, the song is freaking unreal, dude. Like, I, I the first time I, I heard it, it. I led it at church yesterday, at, at a church I was leading at yesterday, yeah. and just, like, overcome with emotion to the point I, I couldn't finish, like, yeah. lines. Yeah. It's it's unreal, dude. The first time I heard it at uh, I think they did Outcry I think a year ago, yeah. And I heard I think Bethel sang it, and, and, and like the whole and the whole arena was singing it, and I was like, crap! How do how do I not know this song? You know, and mm-hmm. it, it was because it just came out like a couple of months ago, and I hadn't heard it yet. But yeah. uh, you know, songs like Living Hope, man, that are, that are just fully about him and who he is and what he's doing. I think really it causes us to get our eyes and our minds off of ourselves and onto Jesus. And it brings a whole new dynamic to worship. And uh, not that we don't want to lament, because I, I think lamenting is, is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that, man, just getting getting my eyes off of myself, getting it onto Jesus, singing about what he's done yeah, um, is amazing, man. Well, how did, how did you really, um, transition is the wrong word, but how did you move beyond a lament season into the season you're in now? I mean, you, you talked about uh, addictions and, and mindsets and just, you know, feeling like you were, were stuck. Like, how, how did you yep. become unstuck, essentially? Well, dude, to be, uh, to be 100% honest, man, I would have to give the, a lot of the credit to International House of Prayer in Kansas City, man, because mm-hmm. I, you know, a lot of people know my story, but uh, in 2009, I went through a divorce. That was when I was living in Nashville, um, yeah. right after or right during the recording of the Hope That Lies in You album, which was my second yeah. full length. Uh, I was basically writing the album while going through a divorce. And so you can hear a lot of that stuff in the album for the, mm-hmm. for people that are familiar with it. But, uh, you know, by, by mid 2010, my life was really, I, I was really struggling with e- if I even believed in Jesus anymore. I mean, I, I was really starting to get to that point where it's going to be either I walk away from this thing or it has to become real. Jesus has to become a real, this has to be a real joyful, loving relationship. Because, you know, at that moment, it was kind of like, I, I felt like I was a failure, and I was not connecting with his presence. And I was like, I'm trying to sing about this thing. I'm not connecting with it. This is, I can't do this anymore. Let, let me ask you, because I, I want to, I want to find that because I, 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 for me personally, if I've experienced Jesus once, uh, either I never experienced them at all, or or I'm just going through a season of of doubt um, in in who He is, not necessarily whether He's there. Was it a season of um, God? I'm not even sure if this whole Jesus coming, dying on the cross, Holy Spirit thing is real, or was it? Uh, I'm not really sure. I want to follow anymore because I, I get you're real, but I'm just not really sure. I, I want you. Was it, was it, which would it feel more like? Yeah, it, I, I mean, that's, that's a tough question. Cause once you get, I feel like once you get into the confusion of, of life, you start yeah. to, you start to get your, your vision becomes, gets real blurry where you can't even, you can't even tell whether you, you had an authentic experience at any time, you know? So, so yeah, I'm just saying it's a, it's a, it's a scary place to be if you're s- sitting there doing that. Cause you're going, so if, if this, if it's not real, then you made two albums that were lies. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, and I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that bluntly because, like, that's because 
because that's what situation puts you in. So I kind of, I wonder, because obviously we see friends that have walked away from faith and walked away from the Lord. We have mutual friends that are in in bands um, and that have gone through stuff and, and walked away from the Lord. And I go, and, and and even I've heard some people say that everything they did was with was fake, and I'm going. Yep. No, yep. it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Man. I was there. I like. Yeah. We we saw the Holy Spirit show up. Yep. Like, yep. So I I, I kind of want your perspective on that because it seems like you're one of the few that are willing to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, and it, and well, I, wanna, that, I don't want to use you, names because we, well, we, yeah, no, we're not going to use names, but you get into a, a theology thing there where you talk about the. Can a person walk away from their faith and walk back to it? You know that that's yeah. a big that's a big the, theological debate because it talks a little bit about in the New Testament about lo- losing your salvation and mm-hmm. can you come back to it later? Uh, you know because a lot of what I see is a person who who did have an authentic relationship and had fruit from their ministry or from their music, but yeah. then went through some difficult things and. And walked away, and I mean, got got angry actually, and yeah. kind of bitter, and then now says, you know, now kind of justifies the whole thing as some kind of other thing they were doing, and it wasn't real, and it, you know, so and, and 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 to make it clear, because I I, I this is a stuff gets real in this podcast, and and I'm straight up with that, and we honor people on this podcast, so for for those who are listening who are who are you know, maybe aware of, you know, history of, of both myself or Ben, we're not talking about one person here. We're talking about many right, different people yeah. that we've been in relationship with. And I don't want people putting together that, that we're talking about so-and-so on the podcast, because that's yeah. not what, that's not what this is about. But it's, it's talking about people that, that are, have gone on similar journeys. And, and there are several people that you and I both could probably think of that we would say we're describing accurately. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's a, it's a sad thing. And, and, the guys that are guys and girls that are in that situation. I mean, I remain friends to them to this day. It, it's not like, of course. It, it's not like it interrupted the friendship. Um, but it, it is sad to see that, uh, you know, it, and it, it's because your vision gets real distorted when you, when you go into that and then you can't tell what was authentic. And, it, you know, you're kind of living in a different kind of reality there. And, uh, you know, so it's it's a bummer, man. But um, but it, do, it the good thing is it does not change who God is. It, it does mm-hmm. not in any way change who Jesus is or what He's done, it, it, and it doesn't even. It, it's your your previous ministry can still be can still have impact, it, even right. even though the person doesn't believe it was authentic anymore. That doesn't matter. Because you know you you listen back to those old songs and you're like you feel the Holy Spirit so you know it's like, oh I, I and I <laughs> I've ministered with several people yeah who who have you know had those experiences and and it's, it's interesting to me because I I've been through my own journeys and I've I've had moments of um and I'd say it's it's uh, an uprooting of God wanting to uproot some things in my life that, right that require some painful process to deal with. Yep. But I don't think either of us would get up there and ever lead worship. I don't think any person in the right mind would get up there and lead worship and the whole time be thinking, I'm such a phony because I can't wait to go sin after this. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, to be honest, that's was that's the place I was getting to. In, yeah. You know, so be- you, you were getting to a place where you just kept doing it because that's what you do. 
Exactly, man. And, and I was getting booked for events and, you know, we were, we were getting paid and we were, the, you know, our, our band or ministry or whatever was sort of had momentum, you know? Right. And, and of course, dude, I never got up there and w- was insincere. I was, I was a hundred percent sincere with every, right. every time I sang any song, you know, I, I agreed with everything I was singing, but there was at times, man, when I, when I was like so broken that I realized right. I was going to get off stage and, you know, in the, within the next week I was going to do, I, I was going to be in sin, you know, it, you're going to have it, to me- medicate, right? Like just yeah, yeah, to had to deal with your pain. Yeah, well, dude, I use this, I use that word right in my songs, man. It's like, why, yeah. why do I medicate? Why do I go back to the things I hate? That That's straight up in one of those songs in the hope that lies in you. What so, song is that on? Uh, Falling into you. I think okay. it's like in the middle of that record somewhere, but well, let, let's let's play a clip of that right now, just to give our, our yeah. listeners some context. So let's hear that. Sure. In my selfish tune, I smell the defeat. Why do I Well, how does your journey affect how you view people now uh, who are walking through seasons that like what you walked through? Um, well, yeah, it's well, first of all, you can't you can never it's hard to judge. Well, you shouldn't judge the heart of the person, you know, so yes. so if you it's fair, if, it's fair to judge judge actions and say that's that those actions are harmful to you. Yeah, we're not judging their heart. We're saying, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, it's fair to say. Those are not good actions, and you know that. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can have two people doing the same exact thing. Let's just talk about getting, getting hammered drunk, you know, just, yeah. just because it's, sort of, it's socially acceptable, but in the, when it's talked about in the Bible, it's not referred to positively at all. You know, so, no, so you and, can and, it. and it seems to be the one that, in some circles, I'll say, um, is is the, they let it slide. Right, yeah. Well, it, we do a lot of that in, in the Christian world now. I mean, you, you let a lot of things slide. But, uh, right. but being, mm-hmm. so being hammered drunk, so you can have two people sitting next to each other at a bar. They're both yeah. doing the same exact thing. They're, one, mm-hmm. one, they're both getting hammered and just talking foolishly. And, you know. But then, here's the thing, dude. When you look, if, if you could look into each person's heart, and see where their heart was, you might find two very different heart positions. You mm-hmm. might find one person who, who hates what they're doing and is like, God, how can I break free of this and can, have mercy on me and help me? You know, and, yeah. that's, and then you could have the other person where, where it's just saying, this is what I want to do and this is who I am 
and you know this is fine and and sort of at the same time says god loves me and you know don't so, judge me Stop yeah judging exactly me. so which is uh, the, <laughs> the excuse everyone uses when they don't want to talk about it exactly yeah so you got two people doing the exact same thing with two different heart conditions and and the deal is jesus looks upon the the, the people and the one guy who's repentant he says yes you i embrace you in the midst of your weakness i, I don't agree with everything you're doing, but I do embrace you in the midst of your sin, and I and I am calling you into my kingdom. And the other mm-hmm. person, he can't really engage with, because the other person is, is you know, angry and build up a wall and is not inviting him in. So right. it's, it's, it, it's hard to judge who's doing what, but, you know, or, or you really shouldn't judge. But over time, if you're in relationship with those people, you can kind of, you can figure it out, you know? And I, I'm really thankful to have my uh, two guys in my life back, back when I was going through really tough stuff, uh, Chad Johnson from, you yeah. know, who does come and live and was formerly A&R at Tooth and Nail. And then Josh Stump, who was pastor of the anchor. Um, those guys really, they knew who I was and they discovered what I was doing and they confronted me and because of because of my relationship with them over the years, you know, it really it caused me to uh, move into a different season of life. It it really right. caused me to embrace humility and really you know, I fasted, you know, for the first time ever in my life, you know. Wow. And uh, it really propelled me into my next season, which was moving to Kansas City and being a part of the International House of Prayer for a couple of years where I was really able to to have a dramatic shift in my life. You know, I moved away from mm-hmm. Nashville and all the old familiar stuff, and I got into a worship and prayer environment that was really happening constantly, and yeah. it really transformed who I was and how, how I related to God. And, uh, you know, so it was kind of the major shift uh, in my life there, right when I was 30 years old, I went out there. Wow. And so now... Now you are, are married. Tell me uh, about your, your family, because you, you got remarried, and uh, you live now w- where exactly? Tell, I, I'm pretty sure I know. I just want yeah, to yeah. So we, I met my wife, Tamara, at International House of Prayer. We were in the ministry school there, and cool. uh, we got married in 2012. In 2013, we moved to upstate New York to do some ministry at a church. And then in 2014, we moved to Columbus, Ohio, where I am currently at. Yeah. And uh, I've been leading worship at churches in Columbus um, for the past five years and also working full time in business. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's a good mix, man. Um, I get to do the ministry stuff. You know, I've been leading worship this entire time, you know, for, basically for the last, I guess I have 17 years of, you know, worship ministry going on. And then right. uh, now I kind of have a business career at the same time. But but I am. I'm not, definitely not giving up the songwriting. And uh, yeah, nor nor should you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. so I mean, you've had this balance of of being in ministry and business and still writing songs. And I hope and I hope you continue to do so. And you just released a new song called Anoint. So tell me a little bit about the journey behind uh, writing, recording, and releasing that song. Uh, well, yeah, that song I actually wrote way back in 2013. We were in upstate New York, and mm-hmm. I was, you know, that one cool thing that I learned to do uh, when we were at International House of Prayer is we we do uh, singing the scripture. So we'll basically cool. we'll basically take a passage, you know, usually a psalm, 
and we'll basically we'll have a moment, you know, a, a few minutes of spontaneous music where we'll just kind of sing through a passage of scripture um, and just, you know, make random melodies and just kind of mm-hmm. do whatever you feel. And, and I mean, it is organized. It's not totally just random. But right. uh, but yeah, it's 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 a really powerful experience to sing through scripture. And yeah. so I was doing that a bit when we were in upstate New York. I was leading worship at a ministry school. And I, one night I was like, well, we're going to sing through Psalm 23. And I just started singing it. And then I came to the part uh, that says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Yeah. And I just came up with that chorus and started singing, uh, you anoint my head with oil, my cup, my cup is overflowing. And uh, so that chorus came out. And then it took me, you know, I, I didn't actually finish the song uh, till uh, recently when I, I've started to lead worship at a new church here in Columbus. And I felt like the environment was right and the community was open to, you know, these types of songs. Yeah, yeah. And so we, I introduced it at the church. So um, I finished it recently. So it did take a while to do it. But yeah, I felt like it needed to come out and I did have some friends help me produce it and stuff. So uh, I was excited to do that. Yeah. And that now it's been, in, now it's inspired uh, more songs. And so I've got more kind of work in here, and uh, we're going to try to do something new here. Well, well, tell me how we can support what you're doing and support your ministry and support your journey. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if any, well, for, I don't know when you're going to air this podcast, but in July, I have had or had a Kickstarter uh, fundraiser going on. Okay. Um, so it remains to be seen where that's going to end up, but... Uh, if I mean, if that doesn't fund completely, I do have uh, some other people who have contacted me and said they wanted to help me record these songs, um, yeah. financially support the recording of the songs. Yeah. So if anybody, if there's anybody listening that wants to be a part of that, uh, just hit me up on Facebook or send me an email. Um, of course. And when does the uh, Kickstarter end? Uh, Kickstarter ends July, August the 1st. So okay. uh, yeah, depending yeah, on so when we'll, you So we'll be airing this um, after that ends. But what yeah. I'm going to do is um, let, let's uh, make sure we put your social media. So to follow you on Instagram, uh, your Instagram handle is what? Uh, actually, all my handles are Ben Christ TGU. Okay. So it'd be my first name, last name, and then with the TGU at the end for the glorious unseen. Great. Um, so that's the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. we'll put all those links in uh, in the, the show notes and make sure that we uh, we push people towards that because uh, we definitely want to support what you're doing. We want to be able to to make a way to um, support your ministry and also um, you know just bless you because uh, you're you're one of the stories and testimonies of someone who who's walked through rough times. And come out and still wants to serve the Lord and yeah and yeah. and I, I I just love to support people in ministry who say oh yeah this is my stuff this is my journey no it wasn't when I was sixteen it was a few years ago and I still yep. served God in the midst of that because I love I love the Lord yeah and the cool thing is man God God's not you know He's not afraid of the stuff that we go through I mean I mean right. I think a lot of guys disqualify themselves because they can't. What, well, if first of all, they can't forgive yourself. They can't forgive themselves, and if they can't forgive themselves, they can't. They for sure can't accept forgiveness from God. You know, mm-hmm. and and so it's like, so it's like they they kind of they disqualify themselves. It wasn't God, you know, shunning them or or shunning anyone. 
Yeah. It's it's the person turning away, and uh, like you know, it, it's it's you allow shame to become resentment, and then resentment to become anger, and then you know, anger to become idolatry, and then then it's just over. You know, it, yeah. it's like it's 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 an unfortunate uh, progression that I've observed uh, many times, man. And uh, it, it it we have to get a right view of who God is. And he, he's not this like he's not trying to check all these boxes to see if you did everything right. You know, it, right. he's he knows we're flawed people. That that's why Jesus had to die, man, because we, we were we were broken people that needed forgiveness. Um, right. But I mean, he's calling people into his kingdom. He's you know he's building something and. And uh, everyone's invited to the party, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So a lot, a lot of times people just take themselves out because it, and a lot of times it's because of what someone else said. It's not because of what God said. It's because of because of what some pastor said or some some parent said, you know. And it's you just you're taking your your view of who God is based on what somebody else said, and yeah. that's just you know you can't do that because it straight up says. In the New Testament, that there's going to be a lot of uh, strange doctrines happening, you know, mm-hmm. in in the later times, which yeah. or the end times, whatever you want to call it. And I believe we are in that era where, uh, you know, what does it say? Itching ears and strange doctrine doctrines, and you yeah. know, that's happening right now. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you got to get more acquainted. You got to get acquainted with what the Bible says, not what. Some friend or some some guy with a not what feels right. Yeah, not what feels it. He's not coming here to make everybody feel good about everything. You know, yeah. it, it, that's not going to work. <laughs> Although it really it will feel really good to get connected with the love of God. Trust me, man. It, it's yeah. going to feel and, really good. Yeah. Well, I want to say this. I, I feel I really feel the Holy Spirit just in this moment, and uh, and I I just really feel um, uh, you know I guess prophetically. Um, which is weird because I've, I've never really felt that about something that I'm recording and I don't actually know who will future listen to this. I don't right, know. Yeah. Um, but I just really feel like there's going to be people listening to this right now who feel like in a season like Ben has and um, are, are angry, um, struggling with sin, struggling with um, with failure, feeling like they're done, feeling like uh, there's, there's no way back, there's no way back, dealing with shame and... Um, I just, I just want to invite you, Ben, just to pray over a prayer, prayer over people right now that would speak to who they are, and um, and that you know you'd lead us in a prayer that would just break uh, those burdens and those weights and those mindsets, so that we would see God the Father clearly for who He is. Would you, would you pray for us, Ben? Yep, I love it, man. Um, awesome. Yes, Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. I, th- I thank you for the opportunity to reconnect with uh, Josh. And talk about what you've done in my life and what you've done in his life and what you're doing uh, in, basically in our world right now. And, uh, the, and the, I just want to reference Revelation 21.5. It says, Behold, I make all things new. And I just want to prophetically speak that over uh, people that are listening right now who have felt that they are worthless and that they have lost whatever kind of connection it was that they had at some point, and they're kind of looking back and 
reminiscing and saying, oh man, when, <laughs> when Ben did those songs back in 2007, I just, I know I felt this way, but, and it mm-hmm. made me feel so good. But now, you know, it, it's like, I've gone through all this and I, I can't connect with God and God doesn't love me. And, um, I just want to speak over you right now. Behold, I make all things new. God, Jesus says he's coming to make all things new. And there's, there's a couple different applications. He, he's coming to make all things new in, in the world where he's coming to make the wrong things right. But also he's coming into our personal lives to make all things new. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you've gone through or what you've, you've done and how you've fallen short. He comes to make all things new. He comes to make the wrong things right. And he will do it in you. It may not be instantaneous, might not happen overnight, but he is, but we can have full reconciliation with him instantly. The moment we repent and say, Lord, I need you, we stand in full reconciliation with him. And then those persistent sins and failures that are happening in our lives can get uh, remedied over time as as the revelation of Jesus continues to come in. So, Lord, I just uh, prophesy and pray that over those who are listening, that they would feel a new revelation of the love of God today and... uh, we just pray your presence would come come very closely and uh, touch our lives and, and really inspire. I pray for Josh and myself that uh, as worship leaders, Lord, and for any other worship leaders that are listening, that there would be new songs and uh, new melodies that reflect the beauty of Jesus that would co- be coming forth in the, in the coming years. And we just thank you for what you're doing. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for hanging out, Ben. Um, This is Ben Christ here with Josh McCabe on Overflow Beyond the Music podcast, and we're going to listen to Ben's new song, Anoint, as we close out today. Huge thanks to Ben Chris for joining me today on Overflow Beyond the Music. So privileged to have him. Make sure that you go check out the show notes. Make sure you follow him online. It's Ben Christ. That's C-R-I-S-T. Don't put an H in there. It's not Ben Christ. It's Ben Christ. <laughs> you want to make sure that you check him out. Ben Christ TGU is where you can find him online. Also, check out the show notes for some links to his albums, his music. Give him a follow. Support his ministry. That's all for this week. But before we close out, I want to give a shout out to a couple listeners who have reached out on our Facebook page at Overflow BTM on Facebook. I want to give a shout out to Bradley and to Jason for sending messages. Thanks for being part of the family. Really appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for the words of encouragement and sharing some of your stories with me. Make sure you reach out. Uh, I try and reply to every single message that I can. Those are just a couple of the people that have been sending messages and really, really appreciate that. Give us a follow online, OverflowBTM on your social media platforms. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You'll find us on there. It's all for this week. My name is Josh McCabe. I'm your host. This is Overflow Beyond the Music. We'll see you again next time. This is the hope that lies in.